0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life in 22 Minutes. I am Scott McIntosh. Along with me is my wife and co-host, Becky McIntosh. Hello, Becky.
1: Hi. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Today,
0: we have a special guest. He's an amazing, amazing speaker that uh, we have gotten to know, and I'll explain that a little bit more on how I got to know him. But uh, he is the chief morale officer. Kirk Weiser is an expert at creating outrageously cool workspace cultures workplace cultures, and high-performance teams. Over the past 18 years, over 50,000 leaders from across every industry and continent have sought Kirk's advice and wisdom on building teams, strengthening leaders, and improving cultures. Years ago, Kirk helped to create a corporate culture so rich in ownership, spirit, engagement, and measurable results that he was invited to share his approach, first nationally, then internationally. He now travels around the world sharing everyday things leaders can do po- to positively influence, nurture, and build super cool, super cool, I love that, cultures and high performance teams. His unique background as a U.S. Army Ranger, a member of the 19th Special Forces Chaplaincy, and his work with the at-risk youth experience as a master storyteller and team builder make him a very fun, engaging, and sought-after speaker. He authored the best-selling book, The Dog Poop Initiative, and the semi-sweet best seller The Cookie Thief. Kirk lives in Phoenix, Arizona with his wonderful wife, Rebecca, and their six
1: remarkable children. Welcome, Kirk Weisler. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Sorry, sorry for butchering that. No, listen, I'm so excited to be <laughs> 22 minutes. Thanks for letting me be part of it. You guys are doing some great work out there. You've got some great stories out there, and you're helping people connect and be inspired. And So we've got 22 minutes to bring people uh, smiles to their faces and inspiration to their hearts. Is that what I'm That's right. That's it, and you can do it. Wow. Well, as I've listened to some of your previous podcasts and um, and got acquainted with the two of you a little bit, and some of your great history of working with and inspiring people. A couple stories come to my mind that I like to share with the people that are tuning in. The first story has to do with um, how easy it is to lose our focus. And I am going to go back in time a little bit. Um, when Art Jake, who's 22 now, was five years old, almost five years old, like a lot of little boys, he was into Legos. And I was really proud because when I was a boy, I was into Legos. But it's Sunday morning, and it's time to get the family off to church. And so you've got three little ones. And Jake's just there with his pile of Legos, and you're looking for a shoe from one child. And 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 for some reason, even though there's plenty of time, now you're going to be late to church. And so you just get in the car. So now you get in the car as I'm walking looking for the shoe. I say, Jake, go get in the car. And, and Jake doesn't move. And I'm looking, and I walk back by, and Jake, Jake get in the car. And each time you tell Jake to get in the car, you get a little bit louder until finally... He found the shoe and Jake still hasn't moved. Jake, get in the car. And this little perfect porcelain-faced four-and-a-half-year-old boy looks up and he sees this grumpy dad face. And here's this tone that says, I'm not happy with you. And he jumps up and goes against in the car. It just sets the perfect tone for a good Sunday. And I think it helps helps people look forward to church. And the embarrassing and the, and the shameful part of this whole story is I don't know how many Sundays were just like that and how many other days might be like that in your life. But there's been far too many in my own. And for a guy that talks about compassionate communication for a a more positive workplace culture, one day it was very clear to me that feet weren't matching mouth. I wasn't walking the talk. And it was probably another Sunday. I don't know. I just remember going, hey, Jake, get in the car. And I was probably two passes into Jake getting the car with that little pile of Legos. And something else occurred to me. And for whatever reason, and I'll talk it up to divinity, but for whatever reason, I took a moment. If it was even a moment. And I knelt down, and soon I was on my elbows, poking at some Legos, and I said, hey, what's going on? And Jake explained to me what he was doing with these Legos. And I said, that sounds so cool, buddy. What about this? And he told me about that. And I said, wow. I said, you know what, Jake, we need to go. Would you get in the car? Sure, Dad. And he jumps up and runs. And I was left laying there stunned at how easy it was. If we'll take a moment to connect with people where they are, we don't have to manage. We can just ask. We can invite and we can inspire people to go, but you've got to you've got to meet people where they are. Not just demand people go where you are or where you want them to go. You've got to invite people from where they are. And I just think, how did I get there? And how often do we all get there? But taking a moment to kind of connect with people where they're at and join them in their world is a much more powerful way to invite them into a better world or invite them to do something that needs to be done in their own world. And um, can really change the tone of a conversation or change the tone of a day. Another life lesson that I'd love to share with your, your listeners came from my sweet wife. Um, we lived in Georgia for about nine years. And um, somewhere, this was probably about five or six years ago, we were having a family council moment. So, And, and this wasn't an unusual for us to have a family council. But family council was usually about talking about something fun we were looking forward to, maybe addressing something that was not getting done that needed to be done. And Rebecca had this all lined up, and there was no hint of what this family council was going to be about. So me and the kids are lined up on the couch. And Rebecca's there, and it looks a little bit like it might be a corporate meeting. She's got the butcher block out. We're about to make a list, or we're going to do Pictionary. Something's going to happen on this big white piece of paper. And then Rebecca, surprisingly, because she's a very positive person, my wife, she said, we're going to make a list of all the hard things our family's been through. And we kind of looked at each other like, well, okay, what are we doing again? We're going to make a list of all the hard things our family's been through. Okay. And she said, for instance, and then she threw a dirty one right up on the paper. And I thought, well, I don't want to talk about that. That was a that was an embarrassing moment. And quite frankly, none of us ever want to talk about that again. But it had happened, and it happened in our family. Well, this got real, real quick, and the feeling in the room was just ick. And nobody said a word, so she threw another one up there. And I thought, I guess we're really doing this. And then over the next 10, 12 minutes that felt like a lot longer, we wrote all of our family uglies on that board. And the feeling in the home was just awful. And I said, wow, make it stop. And for a positive, optimistic person who who believes that we have a positive, optimistic family, the feeling in our home wasn't anything you ever wanted. It was just a feeling of horror and hardship and shame. And I said, I know this woman's inspired. Where are we going with this? And then Rebecca said, anything else? And we're all just sitting there. It is so quiet. And it feels so awkward. All of our family's dirty laundry was there. Our greatest failings, our greatest fights, all of our brokenness right there. And Rebecca then said, all these things have one thing in common. What is it? And it was Brittany, who was probably about 14 at the time. She said, we've been through all of them. And Rebecca said, that's exactly right, Brett. These are all hard things. And we've been through all of them. How do we get through them? We got through them together. We got through them with faith. We got through them with courage. We got through them with tears. But we got through them. All these things are behind us. All these hard things. And then she said, I just want you to know that life is one hard thing after another, sprinkled with moments of joy and happiness and delight, followed by another hard thing. And I want you to remember this forever that you are a Weisler, and Weislers can do hard things. And you know you can do hard things because, look, and she tapped that paper. And then she just drove this home with a sledgehammer. And to this day, now, almost 10 years later, we still reference that night, when some challenge faces one of the kids, it's not unusual for one of the other kids, or some family members say, well, you know, we can, and we all, hard things. We can do hard things. And life is hard things. And I was so grateful for that moment And I think that's a fun exercise that can be replicated in any home or with any team. You can take a look back at some of those things. You know, look what we've been through. Look what we can do. This didn't destroy us. This didn't stop us. This didn't, right? This may have slowed us down for a minute. But look what we know we can do because. We're Wiselers. We can do hard things. Yeah. A beautiful, it was a beautiful moment that's been kind of a reference moment for our family for many years since. Not near as fun as Pictionary, but... Not near as fun. <laughs> and even the exercise itself was a hard thing.
0: How impactful. Yeah. How impactful.
1: So well, why doesn't she speak? Um, because she's a much better mom <laughs> than I am. You know, Scott, it's a great question. And I told her many times, I said, you know, we could really make a good living if you get out there. You're, you're better to look at. You're better to listen to. You've got a lot more wisdom. You're more well-read. She goes, yeah, but you're not a good mom. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and you're just an average homemaker so uh, wise woman right yeah here. just yeah. just
0: listening to you tell these two very connecting amazing stories impactful i realize now i've seen a few of your videos i realize now why that cheerios commercial is so impactful to you
1: yeah you live that i want to i here's another thing that i think maybe will bless lives of your listeners and the the commercial that Scott's referencing is, uh, if anyone, listener wants to look it up, just type in, go to YouTube and type in Cheerios dad or peanut butter Cheerios commercial. And there's this two and a half minute commercial of this dad um, kind of living his life with a family that's in motion. And I use that a lot in my work. Mm-hmm. But every time I watch it, it reminds me. It's a reinforcement to me. it It inspires me. Yeah, he, but did, he never said because I'm the dad. He gets down on the floor and plays Legos. Yeah. And he said, "Being yeah. a dad is awesome."
0: Yeah,
1: and that's another life lesson I think that I'd love to share. I, if I could just dump four or five things that are kind of core to helping me stay, you know, on track or help me get back on track. One of them is was taught me by a great man here in your state, uh, Mike Cotton. He and I were talking one day, and he said um, he said something that I didn't understand because I was just too young and too much for her. He said. I said, Mike, I've never heard you say anything negative about anyone. I realized I'd never heard him bemoan another human being on the planet. And he said, you know, Kirk, he said, I learned a lesson a long time ago. He said, people become what you say about them. I was like, what? People become what you say about them. He said, it may not make sense at first, but just think about it. I promise you it's true. And I've pondered over the years because it sounds like whatever I say, you're gonna become that. And in many cases, there is certainly a connection between, right? And they say, you know, speak to the people, the best in people, and you'll see more of the best in people. Let me say it another way. My wife says it this way, what we say more of, we see more of. You know, we're such incredibly powerful people, we call our focus to things. And that becomes a very important idea, because that means we get to choose our focus. Let me give an example, That's a, a, and sadly, I. I'm trying to be better than the guy I'm talking about. Um, so again, in Georgia, I come home. Um, we've got five acres down there. We've got three lawn mowers, and and because you have five acres and everything grows, it just feels like let's make our yard bigger, you know. So soon we've got this huge yard and a huge garden, and and I'm loving it. But I'm traveling, so I, and I've got sons, and they can cut the grass when I come home, and the grass hasn't been cut. So that what's the first thing I say when I walk in the door? Why is the lawn guys? Right. The first thing I do everything. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing I say is I, I, I'm driving in the driveway and I'm, my, I'm calling attention to all the things that are not done.
0: Right.
1: And what we give our attention to has our attention. Now, how fun is that guy that walks in the front door? And the first thing he says is I'm calling attention to all the wrong things. The grass still needs to be cut, but it doesn't need to be the first thing I talk about. But I don't even know I'm doing this because I'm, I'm getting things done. I got to get things done. And now I'm home and there's things to be done and I, that needs to already be done. And so that right that, now my list is longer. So I'm worried about my list and relationships and lists, right? Can really be a strange thing. And it was Josh God, that all you notice is the stuff we don't do. I didn't want that to be true. I didn't think it was true. And I could think of specific things where it wasn't true. but That wasn't the point. It was his truth. What he felt from his dad was all I noticed were the things he didn't get done. And I had to own that. What we call attention to has our attention. What we, what we give our focus to has our focus. What we say more, we see more of. And so having a much more intentional and deliberate focus on virtue. There's a phrase in, in my faith, and the phrase goes, Let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong before God and men. And when I was younger, what I thought that meant was don't have unvirtuous thoughts. Don't have thoughts that are unvirtuous. Well, that's different than having virtuous thoughts. Let virtue garnish thy thought. Well, what is virtue? Well, virtue is in the absence of unvirtuous thoughts. Virtue is, let me tell you what I love about Scott. Let me tell you what I love about the Macintoshes and this busy lives, but they've dedicated some time to trying to put a message together for anyone that might inspire and bring a smile. What a virtue, right? And seeing, calling attention to virtue, right? Now I'm looking for the positive. I'm looking for the light in the world. I'm looking for the good in others. And I'm calling attention to it. And what I say more of, I see more of. And what I see more of, I celebrate and say more of it. And that's a perpetual cycle towards a much better, higher place. And then you know what? You do have an increase in confidence because you see the good in the world. Because that's your focus. I thought, wow. So it's about intentional living, intentional focus, and building reminders in your life. I think the the Cheerios commercial for me is a constant invitation. I want to be that guy. Yeah. I want to be that guy.
0: The kid jumps right in the middle of his belly when he's asleep. Yeah.
1: You wake sure. Yeah. You guys, <laughs> hey listeners, you got to you got to look up this commercial and let it be an invite and an inspiration to you. Tell, tell our listeners about your book. The Dog dog Poop Initiative. (laughs) The Dog Poop Initiative. (laughs) It's the most brilliant title and it's such a darling book with great, great messages. The Dog Poop Initiative is not about poop. It's about it's a true story about a pile of poop on a soccer field. And the solution that existed for whatever reason in the in the in the day was that everyone made sure everyone else knew where it was. So all these adults over the course of a few hours made sure to point to everyone that showed up new on the field. Hey, watch out over there on the corner of the field. There's this huge. And so, um, I was, I was the third set of teams. So I was in the third hour of the, of the poop pointing exercise and people point out the poop to me and coach Coleman. And we looked at each other like, well, You know, and I knew my son was going to step in it because that's genetically our children just step in poop. (laughs) It goes back for generations. And so uh, we found a piece of cardboard and stick and cleaned it up. And I just thought, and then I, I kind of put together that, wow, for a couple hours at least, people have been pointing out the poop and warning and complaining. And I just thought, you know, this plays out in a bigger field. Think about what's happening in our government right now. We've got these parties that just... They're not solving anything, but they're just blaming and pointing. We've got a nation full of pointers and blamers and poopers. And what we need is some people that are scoopers some people that say, you know what we need out there? More smiles, and inspiration. Let's do 22 minutes worth of that. You know, we need people out there doing things like let's start a program for kids that have addictions. Let's let's do things. We need people that take in the initiative, whether it's big and they start a program and a movement, or whether it's small and they open their door or help someone across the street. We need people that see a need and do something about it. And that, that book is about that. It's called The Dog Poop Initiative. It's, uh, I say it's the number one book for dealing with a number two problem in your organization. <laughs> and what's interesting is it looks like a children's book, feels like a children's book, and um, reads like a children's book. But 95% of all the buyers are corporate. The number one buyer of the book is uh, Boeing Aircraft. Oh, they right. use it with their Six Sigma Lean program. Identify waste or poop and product process and eliminate it. Scoop it! Wow, I love it because I mean, what's what a simple thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, everybody was like, "Hey, avoid that, avoid, avoid it." When somebody just, just cleaned it up and then
1: something yeah. we do often. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, simple stories. Yeah, you got two minutes left. Yes, describe to your listeners what you see. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling up my pant legs for the Macintoshes. <laughs> Tell me what you see. <laughs> oh, oh my wow, gosh. I love it! I love it. Uh, yeah. We can some, des- okay. describe for the listeners. Right sock are, are bugs. It's all different kind of bugs: ladybugs and beetles and. Uh, and then his left sock is a yellow smiley face. Is it a, a, minion, is it a it? Is oh, it's a minion? A, is it? no, 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 it's no, just, it's just a, a yellow smiley face. It's a yellow smiley face. Smiley face. Yeah, so, we're going to have to take a picture of that and we'll put it on our show notes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so about three years ago, I stopped matching my socks. And I thought, I've been matching my socks for 48 years of my life. And, uh, and probably a little bit longer than that, but I, you know, I'm sure my mom put my socks on before then. So I've been matching my socks and I go, why am I matching my socks? Now we talk about intentional living and I know, I know how broken I am. I know easy. I forget. I know how much I need reminders in my life. And so I put on two different socks every day intentionally. And then I try to take a a message from those socks because I'm in the business of adult education, right? I'm a speaker and a teacher. And so every day I put on a pair of socks and I try to create a story or analogy or a metaphor that goes with those socks. So if I'm wearing my Captain America sock, I'm I'm drawn to the story about Captain America when he was this skinny soldier before he took the serum that made him this, this legendary fighter. He was a skinny soldier who wanted to serve his country and he wanted to protect people. And no one believed in him. They wouldn't let him in. He was too scrawny, too sickly. But there's a point in that first movie where the sergeant goes, this is the guy you need for your test. Now that guy, he looks all, you know, skinny and afflicted. That's the guy, and he's got the right heart. And to prove his point, the sergeant then took a fake grenade and threw it in the middle of the platoon. And they said, hollered grenade, and while everyone fled and jumped away, that little guy jumped on the grenade and wrapped himself around it. Even though they all ridiculed and made fun of him, he wanted to save lives. He wanted to make a difference. He had the right heart. And so my Captain America software brings that story of valiancy today this smiley face sock reminds me that i can choose my attitude right and that my my face is is my number one communicator right 55 38 7 55 of all communication is our is our facial expression our body posture 38 percent is the tonality of our words seven percent is the actual words that we use and so this socks reminds me to choose my attitude to smile more often right that that's my billboard and tell the world that i love them um and start with your face and so
0: Putting on those, down on the floor yeah, and play yeah, with
1: Legos. Yeah, with so putting on those socks, this is my intense reminder that I can choose my attitude. I can choose my life. I can choose how I treat people. And to remember the life's lesson. And so my socks are the beginning of my teachable place. To live in a teachable place and to be a better and more effective teacher, you've got to become a student. The best teachers are the best students. So all those things all tie together. Oh, that's beautiful. What an amazing episode. Mm. Thank you so much for gifting us with your stories it has inspired me and all those yeah. that listen I know they're gonna greatly benefit oh you guys are great I can't wait Thank to you so I, much. I can't wait yeah. to see what you guys do in the future thanks so much this is amazing I
0: remember when I when we first Thank met you me. because Becky as she came home she'd been to the uh, leadership part where she was on the board oh, okay. of the National Speakers Association she, Association and she'd met you and she couldn't wait for me to go to the next segment oh you're gonna love this guy you're oh. gonna love him and you had us doing games and little drills and the thing that we loved about it was, was hey, use any of this. Use any of it. Uh, this is stuff I use, and it works great. Here, use it. And, and where most people are so protective, hey, this is mine. I have it copyrighted and all that. And you're just so willing to
1: share and make lives better. Oh. So thank you so much. Absolutely a pleasure. How can our audience connect with you? Yeah, kirkweiser.com. Spell K- your name. K-I-R-K-W-E-I-S-L-E-R. Dot .com. com.
0: There you go. Thank okay, you was e, I thought it was 4 e except after C.
1: You no, know, it's, it's a German thing. I don't know. It's, it's really it's bizarre. It's Thank bizarre. you so much. Absolutely a pleasure, you guys. Thank it's you. it been wonderful.
0: Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us. And please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage humor, and a whole lot of love.